0: Greetings, dear hearts, and welcome to the first of four special guest episodes of Holy Shenanigans Podcast. In July of 2023, we spent a wonderful week in Union Grove, North Carolina, at our second Wild Goose Festival. It also was our honor to be part of the Wild Goose Podcast team. Wild Goose Festival is an annual event where over 2,000 people gather to celebrate, learn, and connect with folks engaged in efforts of social justice, the arts, music, and spirituality. One of my favorite parts of Wild Goose is the opportunity to connect with new and old friends and be reminded of the importance of supportive relationships and to carry these connections home long after the festival has wrapped up. Our first interview is with a new friend, Kate H. Rademacher. Kate is the author of three books. Her newest book, Reclaiming Rest, The Promise of Sabbath, Solitude, and Stillness in a Restless World, is available now from all booksellers. In addition to her role as a writer, Kate is a consultant focused in international public health. She also is a leader of Writing for Your Life, a resource center for spiritual writers. Without further ado, let's go back to the Wild Goose Festival to talk about rest, weariness, and what is needed to ignite our lives with passion, joy, and peace. Hi there, friends of Holy Shenanigans podcast. This is Tara Lamond Eastman, and I am coming to you from the Wild Goose Festival in Union Grove, North Carolina. And I am very, very happy to be here with Kate Rademacher. And she is the author of Reclaiming Rest, The Promise of Sabbath, Solitude and Stillness in a Restless World. So as you listen to our podcast, you may notice lots of noise around us because we are in the middle of a festival, yes. um, a mm. festival about justice and art and spirituality and love. And the theme for this year is Ignite. Ignite, yes. Um, and we're here today to talk to you, Kate, about this juxtaposition about igniting the passion in our lives mm-hmm. in contrast where we're feeling weary.
1: I think so many of us are exhausted. I mean, I'm exhausted. I don't know about you. Um, (laughs) I mean, I'm like a mom. I'm a former foster parent. I am uh, I like to think of myself as a social justice activist, although I don't know if I always do a good job of that. Like, I'm a public health person. I've worked in reproductive health for 25 years. Yeah. I'm an author. You know, I'm doing a lot of things, right? I bought a small business last year, so, yes. like, a lot is going on. And I'm really worried about democracy. Like, I'm worried about our world. Yes, I'm worried about a lot of the issues that we're talking about here at the festival, including climate change, gender equity, racial justice, you know, prison reform. Absolutely. And the most fundamental, I'm really worried about our democracy. That's a lot to be carrying. And I'm worried about my family. My brother has really struggled during the pandemic. And I love him. And he's an incredible activist. You know, there's just a lot going on for everybody. And I think we have not recognized or acknowledged our collective exhaustion. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I should Just speaking for myself, Mm -hmm. I think I'm more anxious and tired and old (laughs) than I was, Mm -hmm. you know, three or four years ago. And, like, of course I'm more old than I was three or four years ago, but I'm much more tired and much more frazzled and much more confused and much more scared than I was three or four years ago when I was writing this book, Reclaiming Rest. That person was innocent, I feel like. The person yeah. who wrote this book. I mean, if you look at the back picture, it's like a person I don't recognize. You know? She's like a little tiny baby. And I'm like exhausted street warrior or something now. So I think a lot of us are really tired. And the question is, how do we support one another? How do we love one another? How do we come together as community in spaces like this? Like sweaty in the middle of the July
0: <laughs> in rural North Carolina. To encounter one another. I have been thinking about feminine Mm. identifications of the divine. Mm -hmm. And I saw this Celtic Trinity Mm -hmm. image. And it had maiden, mother, and crown. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's something for me in that image when it comes to weariness. Mm -hmm. And perhaps the the people that we were you know three years ago five years ago maybe it is that manifestation of being the maiden mm. and then moving into motherhood or parenthood and then mm. elder yeah elder um and maybe that's the change in our perspective yeah maybe so. because i think it offers grace for the people we were five years ago or three years ago or five minutes ago Right. And I think that that invites space for that passionate rest. Mm -hmm. But I'd like you to say more about what you mean by the word rest, because I think sometimes we can have this sedentary idea of what rest is and not discounting the need for rest because we all need rest and Sabbath. But what do you mean by rest today from where you are today? I think it gets at the heart
1: of why I wrote this book, which is really about Sabbath keeping, but also contemplative practices like prayer and discernment and restful activities, but also in community, right? Mm -hmm. This book hasn't sold like hugely well, but it's been well received by folks who've read it. But more importantly, I've become this expert, ironically, on burnout. Mm. And this is where I think God has a sense of humor because I've been confronting and Interrogating and questioning whether I'm burnout. In 2019, the World Health Organization classified burnout as an occupational phenomenon for the very first time. And that was before the pandemic. So it made a lot of buzz. Like, burnout is a thing now. If you go to something like PubMed and look at the medical literature, there's an increasing evidence base about burnout among clinical healthcare workers around the world, not just in developed countries, but in low and middle income countries. And of course, there's a whole literature and evidence about burnout among clergy and lay leaders. And so in every domain, in every industry, there's this substantial prevalence of burnout. I say prevalence intentionally because I'm a public health person. So you yeah. look at not just incidents, but prevalence, right? Mm-hmm. How widespread is the problem? Yeah. And so burnout seems to be a very widespread problem. So I think the question of what is the opposite of burnout is really a good one. <laughs> and the question is, is the opposite of burnout like stillness? like quiet restfulness? And is it lack of action? And is it like rest? Is it sleeping? Is it doing nothing? Is it facing out? And I think the answer is absolutely yes. I have a Sabbath practice. I've had a Sabbath practice for about a decade. I'm really religious about it. Like I really protect it and and intentional. And you can read in the book if you want to know how that unfolded. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that that's all that is the antidote to burnout. It goes back to the word ignite. You know, the anecdote to burnout is also passion, passion and fun and connection and community and love and joy and like juice and like fear, but fear <laughs> when you're like, you know, on that edge, when you're following the Holy Spirit and you're like, Holy. <laughs> I don't know, am I allowed to curse on your sure. podcast? Like, <laughs> am I doing, this? am I like, you know, is this, I'm trying to discern God's call, but am I discerning right or am I crazy, you know? (laughs) Or am I taking a leap of faith and I'm going to, like, fall before I soar? And that's the moment I'm in in my life is that leap of faith moment. So please,
0: say more about that. Well,
1: okay. I'm calling it my midlife upheaval. Yes. So I left my big job in January. I'm working now as a part-time global health consultant. And I... Have never made a more difficult decision mm. to leave that job. Um, and I'm in discernment to become an Episcopal priest, so I'm going to be going to seminary in 2024. I deferred for a year, and I'm a writer, and I've published three books, and I feel like I have more books in me. And my daughter's about to leave, so I'm going to be an empty nester, and my husband was just diagnosed with Parkinson's. So there's a lot going on for like for all of us. I have found help in Christian faith. I have found help in Christian practices. I have found answers in Christian theology. I have found hope in Christian faith. And I'm married to a Buddhist and I was not raised as a Christian. And I know that Christianity is kind of a dirty word in some places.
0: Yeah. I don't know if I'm turning into an
1: evangelist, but I feel like Christianity has just as much to offer people as Buddhism in terms of Peace and folk and answers and intellectual constructs and divine grace and all the things you would want in a faith tradition. Yeah. And fortunately a lot of people are screwing with brand. <laughs> <laughs> but like for now, what does yeah. it mean
0: for you to reclaim rest yeah. where you are?
1: So what I means to me is keeping a Sabbath right? and mm. sleeping trying to get good sleep it means good sleep hygiene it means nurturing my relationship with my husband who's the love of my life and who has Parkinson's who's um, older than me it means being present to my daughter who's a rising senior and is only going to be at home for one more year it means like being open to the Holy Spirit to meet folks like you it means honoring my elders loving yes. my parents yes even though you know it's not like I love my parents and it's I doubt that they will listen to this podcast but if they are like they know I love them and it's they, during the pandemic, they moved 20 minutes from me, and it is mm-hmm. not easy to pull near your pants when you're a grown-up. I mean, it's okay, but God love them.
0: <laughs> it's another adjustment. Yeah. I was thinking about a pendulum yeah. as it swings. You know, there's this point over here and this point over here, and sometimes in life, we can focus on these, these high points or these low points, but I think 75 85 percent of life is that middle yeah and how if we could just be okay with the messy middle yeah I think for myself I think that would be oh, you not the credit yeah a huge help to be ignited even in the messy middle yeah and especially in right. the messy middle
1: the other thing that I'm really reclaiming rest about is trying to listen to my body more which is not Mm -hmm. easy for me because I'm not used to being so tired I'm used to being younger not having lived through a pandemic and there's a humility to it like I'm tired and I can't keep going and going and I want to Mm -hmm. but like after this recording I'm gonna go back to my air conditioning and it sucks because it's like there's so much I want to do here but like I'm hot I'm sweaty, and I'm perimenopausal, maybe. And, like, my heat is all <laughs> off. Yeah, yes. you know,
0: I had a similar experience yesterday when the thunderstorms were coming oh, through, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm like, oh, I just need to rest here for a little bit. And my husband, he's like, who are you? <laughs> I'm like, I know, who am I, right? But recognizing that rest is not wow. a defeat. Yes, rest is not a defeat.
1: And your story of going back to the tent just reminds me, My entire life would not be what it is today if I had not, during an event like this, gone back to my tent to rest. I would not have met the person who introduced me to the person who introduced me to my husband. Like, I wouldn't be living in North Carolina. I I would be living in Vermont. Yeah. You know? So, like, resting is a gift. And that is one of the messages of the Sabbath. My best learning about Sabbath keeping was from Wayne Mueller, and he wrote that, You know, creation was not completed until God rested on the Sabbath. So that means that rest is not like the add-on. It is part of God's good creation. So if we are not resting, we are not fulfilling God's vision for God's good creation. So we have to rest. I mean, we don't have to. Of course, we can, like, violate God's, you know, we can ignore God's gifts. Yes, We can ignore God's commands. We can ignore God's gifts over and over and over again, as people have been doing since the beginning and beyond. But it doesn't usually
0: work out well for people. <laughs> usually, no, no. And, and maybe what we can um, offer to the folks that are listening to our conversation is: no matter whether you are in youth or you're in that parenting stage, yeah. or whether you are an elder, yeah, to Think about ways for you to unwrap rest where you are. And that's totally
1: a great suggestion for your audience because what I have really found in this journey is that rest means different things at different ages of your life. If you are retired. And to different people. And to different people. Yeah. If you're a parent, if you are not a parent, if you are a kid, if you are divorced, if you are unemployed, if you are seeking tenure track, if you are... High income, low income, like there's just so many ways that Sabbath needs to manifest in our lives. And then, of course, so many ways that Sabbath needs to manifest in public policy and social justice mm-hmm. and racial justice and, and racial justice and reconciliation. And, and I talk about that in my book. So oh. the, the politics of who gets to rest and who has mm-hmm. to work
0: mm-hmm. are really important to impact. Is there anything from your book that you would like to read mm-hmm. or share Maybe a final thought, and I could read a
1: little bit from chapter seven, is just that this is also a global issue. So let me read to you a little bit about Sabbath and rest in the context of sure. international. So the chapter is called The Promise of Selah, Liberating Rest. So in 2019, the World Health Organization added burnout as an occupational phenomenon for the first time. It's International Classification of Diseases. According to their definition, burnout is characterized by feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion, feeling of negativism or cynicism related to one's job, and a reduced professional efficacy, end Mm -hmm. quote. The guidelines clarify that this refers, quote, specifically to phenomenon in the occupational context. This recognition from the leading international health authority is both important and painfully ironic. In my own career in global public health, I've often wondered if, in both overt and subtle ways, we are promoting workaholism around the world. I wonder this when a colleague who leads a large maternal and child health project in East Africa tells me he has to work through Christmas holiday to respond to changes the donor requested in their program design. Or when another colleague who manages the HIV care and treatment program in Zambia emails me on a Saturday morning with an apology and explanation that she is so overextended she didn't have time to respond to my question earlier in the week. Over the past decade, I have observed the pace of communication speed up as colleagues around the world exchange information in real time via WhatsApp, Skype, Twitter, GoToMeetings, LinkedIn, Zoom, and Microsoft Teams. During group conference call, I regularly have more than one private sidebar chat going on to exchange observations and information with colleagues. After receiving an email from a colleague, I frequently receive an instant message from the same person a few minutes later with more information to provide context or to ask when I think I'll be able to respond to their query. The world is getting smaller and faster, and the expectation is that we all need to keep up. Aside from the spiritual dimensions of rest, public health professionals theoretically recognize the importance of downtime. Evidence clearly shows that chronic sleep deprivation can dramatically increase our risk of heart disease, obesity, dementia, and mental illness. Likewise, research indicates that workplace burnout can contribute to a myriad of illnesses and problems, including diabetes, musculoskeletal pain, heart disease, chronic headaches, respiratory problems, insomnia, depression, and absenteeism. We are not machines, and we must rest to function. Mm. So I'm going to pause there. You know, there's a lot more to say there, but I want our activists to be functioning. I want our policymakers to be functioning well. I want our parents to be functioning well. I want our school teachers to be functioning well. I want our ministers to be functioning well. I want our donors and our, you know, everyone. We need each other. And if there is endemic burnout, and not just fatigue, but like anger and exhaustion and true emptiness,
0: we are not going to do well by one another. We are not going to be good neighbors. And we are not machines. We are not machines. We are not machines. And so, as we think about this call to rest, as well as the things that ignite us yeah. for the work that we are called to, yeah. I want to offer you this meditation, and it's from Kathy Hutchin, um, and it's from the Celtic Daily Prayer Book 1. I'm going to rest while you read to me. Close my eyes. Yes. Your love comes to me in the silence, ordinary. Like a child's treasure, it turned over in the nook of my hand, warming its smooth heaviness. A thought of you, stony, clear defined, drops as though down a deep well, is lost momentarily, and then turns up a certainty in the heart. Amen. You're welcome. I am so grateful to God for our connection. I just want to say I'm so grateful to know the Holy Shenanigans
1: podcast. Like it's just such a gift to connect with you. And like we just met yesterday and again, (laughs) thanks be to God, the connection that we find here at Wild Goose. So I would just say this is a really great event and I hope people come next year because you never know who you're going to meet.
0: Thank you so much for the work that you do and the world and the rest. Thank you. The rest that you offer, I'm trying to yourself and I'm to trying. others, we're in the Episcopal tent. I'm a postulant
1: and discernment i become an Episcopal priest, and there's a prayer we always say with God's help. So with we God's can't help. do it with God. I can't rest without God's help. I keep trying to rest and failing. So, with God's help, may
0: we rest and may we accept this gift with the help of God. So be it. Amen. Thanks, friends. Thank you. As we traveled home from the Wild Goose Festival. I rested and read the daily reflection from my Celtic Daily Prayer Book, which happens to be my daily rest practice. It was focused on a reading about Aiden that I've adapted to allow all folks to engage with the text. It's my hope that these words help all of us to live into the calling of rest that Kate has shared with us. As I read this text, I invite you to pause, to close your eyes, to rest. And allow these words to meet you wherever and however you are today. Their eyes far-seeing scan the horizon, the joys venturing of little boats. A torch burns clearly in their grasp, a faithful challenge to this generation. Meeting, listening, heart connecting. In their shadows is a place I covet, challenge in a present time. While I live, may I be the shadow of a rock in a weary land, a shelter from the heat. While we live, may we be the shadow of a rock in a weary land, a shelter from the heat. My name is Tarlaman Eastman. I am a poet, a pastor, and a podcaster. Gratitude to Ian Eastman, our sound editor, and my traveling companion to the Wild Goose Festival. Gratitude also to the Wild Goose Festival and to Kate Rademacher. To support this podcast, go to buymeacoffee.com backslash Tara L. Eastman. Until next time, while we live, may we be the shadow of a rock in a weary land, a shelter from the heat. Thank you for joining us on this ongoing adventure that is always sacred, but never stuffy. See you next time, holy shenanigators.